Amen and amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, if you have a Bible, let us take a look at God's Word this morning. Turning to Mark, Mark's account, <coughs> chapter 14, chapter 14 was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft. In other words, being sneaky and underhanded. And put him to death. And they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, of spikenard, very precious. And she brake the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And so we fulfill that today, don't we? All right. I'd like to work on it for just a few minutes this morning on you doing what you can. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Somebody quoted me, I guess in the hustle bustle of this morning, in uh, running to and fro, shall we say, uh, therefore thou art inexcusable, being without excuse. And uh, I would certainly say, in the world in which we live and the opportunities that we have and the tremendous amount of advancements that scientific research has come up with. Uh, you know, we have very fast vehicles. We have even faster airplanes and all kinds of motor craft on the water. Uh, we have lightning-like communications that something gets beamed up to space, goes into a satellite, comes back down, and uh, you've got news about things that's going on all over the world. If there's an earthquake, you know, in China, you know about it over here. And if uh, somebody sneezes in California and gets the flu and they label it to be some type of avian bird flu or Ebola or something, you know, the whole world knows about it. One case broke out in the U.S. today, you know, right in your newspaper, and, and there it is. And uh, so it's a, it's a very fast-paced world with a lot of advanced technology. And so I'm saying that that makes for an awful lot of opportunity in the time in which we live that maybe people didn't have so much opportunity to do things, things that they could have done possibly wasn't 
made available yet. Where it is today in our day and age, it's made available. There are there are things that, you know, we we carry phones around with us, and we can contact all kinds of people. Um, I'm waiting for them to come out with an app that I can just push a button and I can be in Fort Myers like that. That'd be wonderful. I don't have to spend an hour and 15 minutes on the road. I'll just be there. Wonderful. No telling what they'll come up with, right? Um, but uh, seem like they have an app for everything, and uh, maybe they'll come up with that. I'm not sure. But uh, I'd like that app, too, that I could be in two places at once. That would be really good. I would really like that one. I'd, I'd like to have the patent on that. We'd put all the money in the church and, and build new, new buildings, wouldn't we? Well, anyway, I want you to there – are, there are things in the Bible – I have to tell you that, that even Jesus, in the days of his earthly ministry, could not do. I imagine that sounds a little strange to you. And, uh, but, uh, you know, the Bible said in the first chapter of the book of Mark, as Jesus had done a wonderful thing for a leper, who came beseeching him, kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me whole, you could, or make me clean, you could make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and saith unto him, I will, be thou clean. Jesus could do that. And he's put that kind of power in his church. And I'm very glad for the many times that the Lord has enabled people to be healed of cancer here. I know a man that... Uh, Many, many years ago, I preached a conference for him, and uh, he's getting up in years now. But he was in, in a city where he pastored for quite a few years, and uh, he made a statement that they had victory over cancer. He said nobody ever died of cancer in their, in their church family, but they had victory over that. They may have died of some other things, but they didn't die of cancer. So here Jesus takes care of a guy with a cancer-like infirmity known as leprosy, or maybe would I identify it more with a flesh-eating disease, the superbug of its day. And uh, But the Scripture said that after Jesus did this, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away. And saith unto him, See thou, say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. I like the way Jesus did things in order. He didn't bypass. He didn't. He could have, you know, just kind of overlooked some things, and but he did not. He told this guy to do it just the way it was supposed to be done. And then verse 45, but he went out and began to publish it much. You know, this man was determined that he was going to do what he could do. I don't, I don't know what his limitations were because the Bible doesn't tell me once the leprosy was taken away, that was a limitation that was taken out of his life, that he didn't have to go around crying unclean anymore and warn people away from him. Uh, but now that he was cleansed, by the touch of Jesus Christ in his life, things had changed. And there were things that he couldn't do before that now he could do because of what was done in his life. Now, you know, when you come to the knowledge of the truth and the first beginnings of the work of God in your life and that you, you repent of your sins, I, I read that there were six steps up to Solomon's throne. And uh, the, I'd like to tell you that the first, we only need three steps. And the first three steps to get to the throne is to repent, to be baptized in Jesus' name, and to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You take those three steps, and you're at the throne, friend. You're, you're in the throne room of God, and you're, you're right there. And you can be like Isaiah of old, where you can see the Lord high and lifted up. You can be surrounded by his many victories, and you can do what Isaiah did, said. The Lord said, well, we got this job to do. Who are we going to send? He said, send me. Send me. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. 
a willingness. And so the Bible said that when this man went out and he began to publish it much what the Lord had done and to blaze abroad the matter. Okay. You know, I, I, uh, I, um, we got this. I couldn't find my truck the other day. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I'll park in parking lots and I'm, I'm not thinking about where I park. I'm just thinking about finding a good spot. And even if it's far, walking's good. And I got to get where I'm going, do what I'm going to do, and then get back. And the only problem is on the way back, I tell myself, you didn't log in your brain just what row you parked in. And there's a sea of cars out there, pal. But then I start looking for the back window. And, um, and the other day, I... I came out of the grocery store. No, I actually, I parked and I was going to go into the grocery store. And as I came around the side of the car, there was a woman standing there looking. And uh, so I looked at her, and then I looked. I said, oh, she's reading, the, she's reading Apostolic Life, and she's reading Acts 2.38. She's reading the website. And so I looked at her, and, and um, I, I, I said, um, she goes, I, I'm just reading your window. And I said, yes, I see that. That's good. And then I said, you see right there, it says Acts 2.38? I said, that's the most important verse in the whole Bible. And uh, I said, let me give you a card. And so I went back in the car, and I got an invitation. I gave it to her. And, uh, you know, there are things that you could do. I don't want to focus on what I can't do. Okay. Now, I told Sister Williams one time, I said, I said, I want you to be ready at the pop of a finger at any moment to be able to sing Victory, Victory, Shall Be Mine. And I said, because we need a little boosting up on, on if I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battles, Victory, Victory, Shall Be Mine. And so, um, and she could do that. I can't. I mean, I, I'm the only guy that can tolerate my own singing. My, my wife can't tolerate my singing. So, you know, and that's 45 years worth. So, uh, I know that I'm limited when it comes to my singing and carrying a tune and all of that. But, um, but what I could do is what I should do. Let me figure out what I could do. I could, I could put apostolic life on my window. I could broadcast. I could give out tracts, and I do. And uh, most every day I go to the post office and I'll I'll put them out in my little spots that I have there. And uh, while I'm at it, you know, I meet people and invite people. To I can do that. that. That doesn't take a college degree. It doesn't take a master's degree. It doesn't take a doctorate. It takes the Holy Ghost. That's what it takes. It takes the Holy Ghost. And what's really sad is there's a lot of people out there without the Holy Ghost doing a whole lot of things that maybe should put some people to shame that do have the Holy Ghost. You ask yourself, Today, what have I done today for God's kingdom? What have I done for Jesus today? What have I done this past week? Hey, we're in the beginning of a brand new year. I don't know, is today the 5th or the 4th or what is it? 4th, okay. So we're just barely got our, our big toe over the line here. And, and we're in 2015. What Somebody... I was telling um, the church, our church in Fort Myers, I said, and I was just a couple of books away from finishing the Bible, having read it through in 2014, and uh, the whole thing, and, and more than one time, actually, but one part of it, getting through it, finishing up the one, the one time. And uh, I was in First and Second Chronicles. Well, I've now nailed First Chronicles out of the way, and I'm halfway through Second Chronicles. So I'm just right there. Few few days over the line I wanted to be. I wanted to be done by the 31st, but I didn't make it. But uh, that's all right. I'm going to keep going until I finish it. While I'm reading in other Bibles and already started in 2015. So I had somebody come to me on the watch night service from Fort Myers, and they said um, they were asking me for more or less an understanding of how to do that. And I said, well, don't bite off more than you can chew. But, you know, if you'd read five chapters a day, by the end of the year, you would have read your Bible completely through from Genesis to Revelation. Just five chapters a day. That's, that's all you need. You know, you could get up in the morning and do it, or you could, you know, make it the last thing before you turn the light off at night. And believe me, it'll help you to, to rest real well if you read your Bible. <laughs> and just as you get in the bed and think you're going to go to sleep, you read that Bible and you'll find yourself nodding out sure enough. And so 
uh, it's a great sedative. You don't need NyQuil or anything else. Just read your Bible, and it'll help you. It's something that you could do if you would do it. There are things. What, a, what kind of list could you make in 2015? Things that I could do for God if I would do it. Not, not difficult things. I, I can't give a billion dollars unless God sends that my way. Then I'll give it. I surely will. I've had, I've had, I've told a lot of people. I said if somebody gave me a Rolls Royce, I'd be cashing it in and put the money right in the work. What do I want with a Rolls Royce? I'd rather have the money and turn it in to do the work of God. But you know, that's the thing about uh, you like about this particular woman that we read about here in Mark's account, if you go slowly with this, it made it crystal clear that uh, while he was in the house that the woman came with an alabaster box, which was a box that didn't have a screw on top, it didn't have a pop lid, okay? This was a box that was sealed. And uh, so it was 100% commitment, you know. It was kind of like the, the chicken and the pig, you know, when they were going down the road and talking about, you know, giving breakfast. And the, and the chickens, oh, okay, I'll supply the eggs. And so the, the pig was like, yeah, well, that's, that's all you got to do, and you keep on trucking. He said, for me, it's 100% commitment here. This is it. <laughs> so I'm simply saying that this woman had an alabaster box, and this was 100% commitment here. To break this open, there was no putting it back together. So the precious ointment that was inside had to be used completely. Okay, and, and that was her plan. Her plan was, I'm going to give this all to Jesus. Okay, this isn't for anybody else. Okay, this isn't for anybody. This is for Jesus. And so she was going to, she determined that this was something she could do. Okay, and this is, she saw this as the very best uh, thing to do with what she had. And so, uh, and it, it was labeled as being very precious. And so she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there was some had indignation within themselves. Now, they weren't going to say nothing. They just, you know, you see, Jesus knows the heart. Some people never really learned that. I've had to tell people, say, they never factor in God. They don't factor him in. They don't realize that he's, he's looking and his hand is in control of everything. And so as they had indignation within themselves, saying, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pounds. You know, some people are just all about money. Some people, they, that, that's it with them. It's money. Always money, 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 money. They're not thinking about souls. They're not thinking about the work of God to be accomplished. It's about, man, we could have we turned that into a real, we could have made money with that. You know what? God will take care of the money. He owns all the cattle on the hills. He owns all the hills. He owns, and one preacher said he owns all the taters in the hills <laughs> and all the gold. And, you know, it's like one guy said one time he was an unbeliever, but he must have read the Bible a little bit. And he said, you know, if we could just find out where Ophir is, because that's where the gold came from in the Bible. If we could just find out. That was a, a very precious commodity in those days. And uh, Solomon himself got gold from Ophir to help build the temple and the things that were done in it. And so I'm saying to you that some people, though, they're, they're just so taken with money, which is just a medium of exchange, okay? But they're so taken with it. They're so taken with it. And, uh, but this woman was delivered. This woman said, what I've got, I'm going to do with it what I can. And that's exactly what Jesus made the point here when he said, uh, when they were, you know, we could give it to the poor. Oh, they had their, you know, they wanted to sanctify it. They wanted to make it look good. So they said, we could sell it and get the money. And, and, and we, we could give it to the poor. I imagine they'd give one dollar to the poor and two hundred and ninety-nine be going in their pocket. Right? So Jesus said, Let her alone. 
Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. You could have, you could have done that lots of times. Many opportunities. Whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. He said, but me? You, you have not me always. He said, she hath done what she could. Now ask yourself, what could I do this year? What could I do? Well, first of all, you could repent. That's a great thing to do every day. You could do that. You can wake up, and you can, and if you wake up, you can thank God that you're awake, that there's breath in your body, and as one guy said, I'm still on top of the dirt. You know, you're still walking around. You're still breathing. Things are operating and working. All systems are up and running. And you could repent. You could start the day off right. And as you make a good repentance before God, a nice clean slate, you're ready to head out into the day, then you can have a list of what, what could I do today for Jesus in the midst of my running to and fro and all the things. Do I have any tracks in my car? Any invitations? You know? Do I have it in my mind that God lead me to somebody today that would show an open-mindedness towards the truth and the Word of God? Lead me to some hungry soul. I could tell them about you, Lord. That's something I could do. I could do that. Because I've been taught, I've been trained, I've been schooled. Because I, I have the knowledge, I have the keys to the kingdom of God. I have that. I could do something with that. I could do something good with that if I just would. Oh, yeah. So she did what she could. And uh, I'm sure she could have spent days and weeks and months, lamenting, woe is me over what I can't do, what I don't have the means to do, what I don't have the ability to do, and always focusing on that. And in focusing on that, never focusing on what I could do. I could do something. I could do something. You know, when you... One man that was very wealthy in this world, and he was just a regular old Joe, so to speak, and they asked him one time, what was his formula? What could he share for other people? And he said, wake up, get up, and do something. That was his formula. That was his formula. Well, what about if we added to that a little bit? Wake up. Get up and do something for Jesus. Do something for him. Get very specific, in other words. Now, what can I do for Jesus? What can I do? Who, who can I influence? Who can I get a conversation started with? Who can I share what I have? If I've repented, then I'm supposed to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. I could do that. I have a, a young man. We have a young man with us today that's, Going to be baptized tonight, okay? So that's something that he can do. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Time to quit messing around. Time to quit procrastinating or putting it off. You know, you can put it off and put it off and put it off until it's put off. It doesn't get done. It doesn't get done. Mr. Bell wanted some, some bins. We needed them for stuff at the church and make things neat and orderly. And, and so... Told me go to Walmart. Oh, brother, when she said that, I started thinking of all the other things I could do and all the other places I could be. And uh, I even told somebody, I said, I've done everything today I had to do, except one thing. I said I got to go to Walmart. I said, man, that, they got spaceships down there and the aliens are there. And I said they're going to abduct me. It's not the store, you know. It's not the store. It's it's the people. I don't know. They all show up at that place, you know. And so I, um, I was really dreading it. 
And I was a mind to just go home. And I said I put that thing in drive, and it just kind of drove me to Walmart. And so, so I went in there, and I got the bins, and I got out of there before the aliens got me. <laughs> I escaped. Well, anyway, it was something I could do, and I did it. Thank God for that. Well, what about what can I do for Jesus Christ? What can I do? But if he went out, he began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter in so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city. Imagine alerting the city into such a fervor that Jesus couldn't even go to the city. It was just they were just gonna get him. They were gonna abduct him. They were gonna get him to do for them what he did for him. And uh, the Bible said that he blazed it abroad the matter in so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city. Okay, so Jesus can't go in the city. I, didn't, I don't read where Jesus was sitting down on the side of the road sucking his thumb and lamenting that, I can't go in that city. Not at all. You know what the Bible said? That he, he then, they came, that, that he went into, without, into the desert places. I can't go to the city. I'll go to the desert. I can't go here. I'll go there. There's some place. There's someone. There's something that I can do. There's something that I can do. There's some way that I can participate. Once I repent and I'm baptized in Jesus Christ and I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, I ascend those three steps up to God's throne. And that makes me a child of the King when I get that born-again experience of water, baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and of the Spirit filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That makes me a child of the King. That's what I need to do. And I, I could do this. I could do this. You could do this. It's not a difficult thing. It's not a, even a back-breaking thing. It doesn't take great physical strength. It doesn't take great mental prowess. Okay. You don't have to be an Einstein. Not at all. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that there was a, uh, a man that came to Jesus, and he besought him about his child. And the child was in a, in a very bad way. And that he said, I brought him to your disciples. And they could not do it. They couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. And so Jesus, he held this child as a spirit tore him just shredding his life, destroying him. And Jesus said, how long has this been? And he said, of a child, of a young man. And so Jesus casted out the deaf and the dumb spirit, told him to be gone and not to come back ever again. And uh, the crowd came, having seen the tumult of what had taken place. And uh, they were rather taken back with it. And Jesus, seeing them all coming like they were, and they began to say, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead, misinterpreting everything. Just like the ones when the little woman break the alabaster box. How they misinterpreted everything. And they had so many questions and opinions about everything. And Jesus looked at it completely differently than they did. And here he's got people he's supposed to be training, and they're supposed to be taking the training. And as one place said there, now they should be teachers, and instead he's got to teach them again because their motives are wrong, their heart is wrong. They're wanting to beat up on a woman, no less. <laughs> Jesus said, well, she's doing what she can. How about you? And here's these people coming, and they're, they're going to misinterpret everything. And they're saying, this, this child is dead. 
you know, uh, it's been in the paper that, of course, they're coming out with a new thing out of Hollywood, and they're in it, they're teaching that God is a terrorist. God is a terrorist. They are going to do everything they can to make, to, especially to the younger generations that are coming up, to start teaching them a whole different perspective and outlook on things. Things that, you know, it's just like we just went through the Christmas holidays and uh, supposed to be all about Jesus. And all of that was started by retailers and, and built up this holiday through the years to get people to go spend their money and buy things. And, uh, but they, they have, uh, we have kids that come to Sunday school and they don't know anything about Jesus being born in a stable, in a manger. They, didn't, they don't know anything. Things that maybe you've heard over and over and over again at your age, and things that you take for granted that everybody knows. Well, you can do the same thing about Acts 2.38. You can just think everybody knows when everybody doesn't know. And a lot of our young ones are coming up, and they're not going to know. They're going to be taught, and they're going to be dumbed down, and they're going to be booted back up with false information that's coming out of Hollywood and places like that through mass media, things that they just sit there, and, you know, it's all going in there, and that's what they're going to think. What could you do about that? What could you do to save your child and your children? You just got rid of that spirit. Are you willing to get rid of some things? Are you, are you, it's something you could do. I had a man tell me, a businessman, a very successful businessman, and he just told me this, I believe it was Friday, and he said that, you know, he said they go to college and he said they, they go online. Now, I'm for that, actually, because I think when you go down to the college to the campus, it's nothing but a hangout. It's nothing but party time. So I, I kind of like the online thing. But he was lamenting it because he was saying, you know, he watches kids and he said they, they're playing and they're fooling around and they're, you know, they're not really learning anything. He said they'll come and they'll bring their resume and they'll apply for a job with me. And he said they don't know English. They have no grammar. They have no skills. They don't have people skills. They don't have educational skills. Well, they want to get a job. Things that we could do if we'd get willing. There are things that we could do. There are children that are coming up. I remember we had a sister. She's dead, and I trust gone on to be with the Lord. And she was a, a kindergarten teacher here in the public school system for probably 35 years. And she said that she had children that would come to kindergarten for the first time, first day, had never seen a coloring book and had never had a crayon to color with. First time experience. Well, I don't care anything about a coloring book and a crayon. Don't tell Sister Ann that. But I, I, what I care about is, have they heard anything right, truthful about Jesus Christ? That's what's important. You can get to heaven without a coloring book and a crayon. But you can't get to heaven without being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I want everybody to know that. And I know not everybody. I was in a, a grocery store here, and um, I saw a man, he had a nice suit on, and uh, his wife, dress, and two kids, and um, I was immediately drawn to them, and I, 
It made me think of Marvin, because that's how Marvin got here. Because I went into Winn-Dixie and, and I saw this tall, slim man in his white shirt and shorts and tennis sneakers, and he had three stair-step kids following around behind him as he was picking up some groceries. And I went over to him and I said, Sir, I said, that's a nice family you've got there. And I invited him to church. And that was Marvin's dad. And so I'm saying to you that there are people out there, just like the man yesterday or day, I think it was yesterday, and uh, I told him, I said, sir, I'd like to, I, I want to know, have you ever been to Belgrade? And he said, no, I, I've never been out that way. And I said, well, I'd like to invite you out that way. It's a straight shot on Southern Boulevard, 20 miles, you're there. I said, I'm going to come back in here. I'm going to go out to my car, and I'm going to get a card and bring it to you. And I did. I met him and I met his wife and two kids. And my man, he told me what, you know, his religion was. And I told him that uh, I, he, he looked at the card and he said, apostolic, huh? And I said, yes. I said, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, Acts 2.42. And boy, his wife was looking at me. That chapter and verse, friend. That sword, that's sharper, you know, than any two-edged sword. Sharper than any sword. Yes. It, it cuts, friend. It gets right to the point. Right to the point. You put something in somebody that they have to go think about that. I want to I wanna follow the apostles, not Mary Baker Eddy. Or any other ones you want to name that started denominations. Charles Taz Russell, you know, in 18 what? You know, people say all the time, what denomination? I say, oh, no, we're before any denomination. I say, we're the continuation of the original. We have the doctrine of Christ, which is the apostles' doctrine. We're bringing to you the, the very same original teachings with no changes. We can do that. We have the skills to do that. What that song say? You know, if I had a tongue, I'd pray. You got a tongue. So praise him. You've got feet. So dance for him. Do what you can while you can. I could do that. I tell my wife all the time. We'll talk about something. I tell her, say, I used to could do that back in the day. I can't do it anymore. And that's a worry, isn't it? Because you know what? Time is moving on. Time is moving on. Time is moving. There was a time when I didn't think anything about jumping up and reaching for that rim. I didn't think anything about a lot of different things. Just do it, and the muscles responded. No problem. Not anymore. Now they complain. <laughs> Real loud, <laughs> they complain. What do you think you're doing? And I'm like, I don't know. I was, I went to a place down here, and they put a railing in, and I had to walk all the way around to get in the front door when I thought, gee, back in the day, I would have just hopped over the railing. But not no more. I don't want to wind up in the ER, you know, with a broken ankle or a twisted knee or something, you know. So I got to think about what I can do now. What can I do now? 2015, four days in. Let me start this year off right. Let me start doing what I can do. A little woman gave me a great example. She did what she could do. And, of course, there's going to be opposition. And, you know, the opposition is going to come from people who aren't doing nothing. They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything. They're not knocking doors. They're not praying. They're not in pre-service prayer. They're not there when work needs to be done around. They're not there. They're not there. They always got something else they got to be doing. Somewhere else. You know what? If you're going to do something for God, even, even what you might consider small and somebody might consider insignificant, 
if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, it takes you doing it. You've got to make up your mind. You've got to ask God for His help for Him to bless you and help you. Because sure enough, just like the man for 38 years was impotent, lame, and a host of other ailments and infirmities, and he was just a few steps away. But every once in a while, that inspiration would come. God made a way in that dispensation to help people that were lacking in power. They were impotent. And Jesus came and said, will you be made whole? And here it was. Oh, brother. You know, well, I would, but. And I was on my way to, but. And it was, but this and but that and but the other. And, you know, I liked it because Jesus got rid of the but. He said, let's get that out of the way right now. He said, if you want to be made whole, I'm here to do it right now. If you want to get involved, I'm here to help you get involved right now. If you can't see what to do, let me be your eyes. I will show you what we need to do. If you will just be willing, if you will just present yourself like Isaiah, whoo, I got a vision of it. The Lord said we need to do this and so. Who are we going to send? Send me! Send me! Send me! Right? Get him. Get his attention. Get his attention. Do what you got to do to get his attention. People in the Bible constantly. Jesus in the days of his flesh. Some people never put into the equation that Jesus had flesh to contend with. Limitations of the flesh. He didn't let that keep him from getting the job done. Do what I can do. I can't go in the city, so I'll go to the desert. Can't go this way, so I'll go that way. They won't hear me in this city, and I can do no my my hands are tied. I can do no mighty works because of their unbelief. I'll find me somebody else. And he found a man. That, what? What's it going to take? The Lord said, "Only believe." He said, nothing impossible to them who can believe. And the man, the Bible said the man, I mean, everything about it, he just screamed. I, I, I see him pulling his hair. He says, I believe. Help my unbelief. Have mercy on me. My flesh, my limitations, help me. So he didn't focus, though, on on. What he couldn't do, he was struggling with belief. But he he put his best foot forward and said, I believe. I believe what you're saying. I got that far. I got that far. I want to challenge you to, to find something. And again, if you have trouble finding it, come see me. Office is right back there. Friday night, no. Wednesday night, we had we had uh, all the women went downstairs, and all the men stayed here, and we split up a little bit, and uh, opened the floor to questions after teaching a little bit. Nobody had a question. Satisfied audience. Everybody showed a contentment, I guess, or else they were reasoning within their their heart. But nobody expressed openly, nobody asked the question. Now, if we could be that happy and that satisfied and that unified, we could go forward in 2015. We could work together. If we could put everyone, shall we say, to work.
Here's a mop for you. Here's a broom for you. Here's a dustpan for you. Here's a hose for you. Here's a wheelbarrow for you. Here's a bunch of tracks for you. You know? Because you read your Bible, particularly that Old Testament, and there was there was people appointed to every kind of task you could imagine, right down to the most minute detail. You know. And uh, I read in the Bible in the New Testament, uh, Zechariah, he was married to Elizabeth, and they had no child. And he's every day he had his shift in the temple, in the house of God. He had to go and do a certain task. And uh, he was faithful to that. And you know that day, his faithfulness certainly, kind of like the guy in the 10th chapter of Acts, he came up for a memorial before God. Kind of like, we'll see about this, this guy. So, angel of the Lord is sent to Zechariah. says, you know about this time next year, your wife's going to have a baby. Zachariah's like, yeah, right. I must be hearing things. Here you pray, you pray, you pray. You know, it's time to believe what you're praying. You don't want to believe half-heartedly and, and pray distractedly. You want to focus. You want to focus. Somehow, if when we go to prayer, we could shut everything out, really shut the door. Fully focus and concentrate on what we're asking God and believe Him. Believe Him. Don't be so accepting of defeat when something doesn't come to pass right away. And uh, the angel of the Lord had to take care of Zechariah because Zechariah said, How shall these things be? Huh, how's that going to happen? see how it's going to happen. He said, now, just for being a little sassy with that tongue of yours, you know, always running off at the mouth, he said, you're, you're going to be mute. Put it a little bolder. You're going to be dumb. I think he already was kind of dumb, but anyway. <laughs> you're going to be dumb now. You're not, you're not going to speak another word until that child is born. They didn't know what was wrong with old Zach when he came home from work that day. He couldn't talk. Well, it was fine when he left. Jabbering up a storm. Sound like a magpie. Well, how old old Zach? Well, Zach couldn't talk. Until that day, that baby was born. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't keep Zach from doing his job just because he couldn't speak anymore. He still went and did his job. Went to the temple. Went to church. Did what he was supposed to do. He focused on what he could do. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Focus on something that you could do in 2015 for God. And get about doing it. Let's stand together. What a revival we'll have if we will set some things aside. If we'll shut down some things, shut off some things, throw some things out, move some things out, get rid of some things. I'm not interested in, in Hollywood's version of anything. I'm interested in the King James Version. They said at youth the other night that they played Bible trivia and Bible baseball, and they said it sure showed that our kids knew next to nothing. We had a good joke many years ago about a young man that uh, dropped in on our youth service, and his question was, where was Jesus born? And his answer was, at the motel. We had a lot of fun over that one. But you know what? There's a lot of people that don't know the answer to that question. There's a lot of people that don't know answers to a lot of Bible trivia and questions, things that some of us take for granted. Other people don't know it all. And we want to educate. We want to do like they did in, in, the, in the Bible in the early chapters of the book of Acts. We want to fill this 
city, this area, this tri-city area. We want to fill it with our doctrine, which is the doctrine of Jesus Christ, which is the apostles' doctrine. What could you do that Jesus could stand up in your defense when people run their mouths and criticize that he could say, leave that person alone. They've done what they could. They've done it for me. They've done it for my work. Brother Lewis said here the other night, it's only what you do for Jesus that's going to count. It's not going to be if you have a big house on the hill. It's not going to be how big your, account, big your account is. One man said one time, I wonder how much money he's got in the bank. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? guy that had all the money in the bank, he lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment. And the guy that didn't have any of the outward trappings of this life, but he had the gift, if you please, of eternal life in his life. And he was cradled in the arms of the Almighty. You know? Oh, yeah. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Would you join with me and pray? Father, God, thank you for this beautiful beginning of a new year thank you Lord for the opportunity to set some things in order to make a list of some things that I could do for you Lord if I just put my heart and mind into it there are things I could do Lord I can sweep a broom I can use a shovel I can sing a song I can witness to somebody Lord I can pray oh God there are things I could push back the plate, do without. There are things I could do, Lord. I could make a list here, Lord, things I could do. Please help me, Jesus, not to let another year go by, not to let another month go by, not to let another week or day go by. Jesus. And nothing is checked off that I did for you. Help me, dear God. Please help me. Help my unbelief. Hear me. I'm trying to get your attention, Jesus. Help my unbelief. Oh, holy God. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear God. Take a moment. Worship him. I'm not gonna leave. 